Corona Regional Medical Center treats our customers as we would like to be treated ourselves with courtesy, recognition, and respect. It's in that spirit that we are proud to present another episode of our podcast series, Corona Regional Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. According to the Center for Disease Control, one in five Americans reported visiting emergency room at least once in the past year. But how do you tell when an emergency is truly an emergency that requires after-hours treatment? My guest today is Dr. James Boyd. He specializes in emergency medicine and is a member of the medical staff at Corona Regional Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Boyd. So people, there are so many different conditions. Let's start with the ones that we know for sure are very emergent. So would you speak about when someone should go to the emergency room without question, stroke, heart disease, those kinds of things? Yes, well, uh, the primary one would be a heart attack. And uh, with a heart attack, it's a usually new onset of chest pain that lasts in greater than 20 minutes. Uh, and it's a pain that can radiate to the neck or to the jaw or even to the upper back. Uh, it can be associated with nausea, vomiting, shortness of breath, uh, and sweating. Uh, if you were to have these symptoms, you would immediately want to dial 911 so that you can get to the emergency room as soon as possible. So we can initiate uh, evaluation for possible uh, clot-busting drugs uh, that can absolutely open up that coronary artery and prevent a full heart attack. And, and what about stroke? Mm-hmm. stroke? It's very similar. There are clot-busting drugs available for stroke symptoms. Uh, with stroke, you're looking for sudden weakness or paralysis, especially of one side of the face or body. Um, a, a stroke victim can have difficulty speaking and confusion, uh, and sometimes it's associated with a sudden severe headache uh, or dizziness. And by dizziness, I mean vertigo, the type of dizziness where the, the room seems to be spinning. You're also concerned about uh, severe allergies. Uh, on occasion, people often have allergies that are pretty minor where their skin breaks out. But if they start having their throat closing or their tongue swelling, uh, even severe weakness, then they need to be seen right away because they could be going into shock or they could have obstruction of their airway. All those three cases, heart attack, stroke, severe allergy symptoms, they really require that 911 be called so that the EMS can bring the, the patient to the emergency room. So for parents, this can be a difficult decision, and you've discussed stroke and heart attack and severe allergies, but when it comes to kids, they have aches and pains and stomach aches and all kinds of things go on with kids. What do you tell parents that ask you, when is it okay to wait or call my pediatrician instead of calling 911 or rushing my child to the emergency room? Well, um, a, a child with uh, a stomach ache that may be chronic can be seen by the, uh, by the pediatrician. Uh, I would say if a child is having a constant stomach pain lasting more than two hours, then they need to be seen that day and probably best seen in the emergency room where we have radi- uh, radiology and uh, uh, tests that can immediately discern what is going on. What about appendicitis? What would someone feel? And is that an emergent situation? It is an emergent situation. And uh, generally, uh, a child in particular will have pain in uh, their stomach area that subsequently uh, will go down to the right lower abdomen. Uh, and it may be associated with vomiting or fever. And that's a child that needs to be assessed that day and best assessed in the emergency room. 
Is something like a febrile seizure, because seizures are always very, very scary, but is something like that an emergent situation and you want to get them into a trauma center, or is it something that comes and goes? Well, a febrile seizure is, uh, it, it usually occurs in a child under six, and it's associated with a fever. Uh, sometimes uh, the parent is unaware that the child has a fever, and uh, the first sign of an illness is that the child has the seizure. Uh, the first time a child has a febrile seizure, they need to be evaluated into the emergency room uh, to be sure it's not something that's more severe. Um, if it's a second and third episode, they can uh, uh, wait for the seizure to subside um, as long as one or two minutes and then call their pediatrician and get instruction. If, if the seizure persists and, and continues more than two minutes, then they need to dial 911. So while we're talking about 911, do you recommend, if it is emergent, that people call 911 or try and drive their loved one to the emergency room themselves? It, it depends on how severe the situation is. Uh, obviously, if it's a heart attack or a stroke, a severe allergy or a long-lasting seizure that we were discussing, uh, then 911 would be most appropriate. Um, if, if I would say that if the family member doesn't feel comfortable driving the patient to the emergency room, then they should dial 911. That's very good advice. Now, cuts. People cut themselves while they're cooking. Things happen, and, and you never quite know whether it's something that requires stitches. What can you tell the listeners about when they can look at a cut and say, ooh, I should probably go in and have this checked? Well, I would say that if you can pull the skin margins apart, then that needs to be closed. And obviously, if there's persistent bleeding, then you need help with stitching. Um, I, and I would say that a very superficial cut um, might be well taken care of by the primary physician or by the urgent care center, but if it's a deep cut, it really does need to come to the emergency room. And then what can they expect if people come to the emergency room? What would you like them to know about showing up at the emergency room? What, what do you want them to bring with? Well, we'd like them to, to bring a copy of uh, their allergies, their medications, uh, both what the medicine is and its dosage and how frequently they're taking it, um, and then their past medical history. We're interested in knowing what kind of uh, medical problems they have, what kind of surgeries they've had in the past. Uh, it's wonderful if they have a, uh, a typed-up or a handwritten uh, piece of paper that documents all of this stuff. It makes things so much easier for us. And what do you want the families to know about when you guys need to do your thing? and they want to stand there and watch what you're doing, and, and, and what do you want them to know about what they can expect? Well, it depends on what we're doing. Uh, sometimes it's fine if the family stays in the, in the uh, treatment area, uh, especially if they're comfortable with it. We don't like to be suturing someone and then have mom and dad pass out. Uh, so there are certain things that, that, that they can observe, and then there are certain things that are probably best to have them wait in the waiting room. Uh, because uh, it, it sometimes interferes with the physician himself when, when he's trying to perform the task. Dr. Boyd, when is vomiting or diarrhea considered an emergent condition? Well, uh, vomiting, if, uh, if the patient has had previous surgeries on their abdomen, then we're concerned about bowel obstruction. So uh, uh, we would like to see that patient uh, within hours of, of the episodes occurring. Uh, in addition to that, if they're having severe pain, obviously we want to see them. Any patient with severe pain, we want to see uh, immediately. Um, in 
regarding diarrhea, uh, the consideration would be more of dehydration. So if you've had diarrhea for more than 24 hours, uh, then we'd like to see you and see if we need to rehydrate you. So in just the last few minutes, Dr. Boyd, what do you want people that may have to go to the emergency room to think about before they go? Is there anything that you can tell them to think about, to plan for? It largely depends on the time of day. If, uh, if they come early in the day, uh, there are probably, probably fewer patients in the emergency department. It's going to be less, uh, less weight. Uh, if they come uh, in the afternoon or, or evening uh, when, when family practice offices are closed, there's more likely to be a, a considerable wait. Um, we try to take care of the most severe cases first um, and then take care of everybody else. Uh, the advantage of the emergency room is, is that we have everything on site. Uh, lab turnaround can be 90 minutes. Uh, we have x-ray, CAT scans, MRIs. Uh, everything's available, but sometimes there's a backup and it takes a couple few hours to, to uh, get the patient uh, fully treated. And why should they come to Corona Regional Medical Center for their care? Well, at Corona, we have uh, 12 board-certified emergency physicians and just as many wonderful board-certified physician assistants, and they're supported by, uh, by specialists uh, that are excellent in their field. Uh, and in turn, we have an association with UCI so that uh, they're available to us when we have more complex and then uh, in June, we're going to have a brand new emergency room available. We're building a, a huge structure on the ground, and uh, we're going to increase uh, our capability to see patients by about 150%. And, of course, wow. we're, avail- we're available 24-7. We're available uh, every day, all the time. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to Corona Regional Radio with Corona Regional Medical Center. For more information, you can go to coronaregional.com. That's coronaregional.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Corona Regional Medical Center. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.